Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. So the word relationship has the ability to cast each of us in different directions, guided by our own individual stories. Therefore, the goal has to be that of health and wellness in regards to relationships. When that is the sole pursuit, all of the small nuances will fall in place. Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your souls. Hello, this is Mia, and we are so glad to have you back with us on the What's Your Soul podcast, a figurative front porch filled with conversations that are constantly striving towards emotional and mental wellness and doing it all within the context of a safe space. We are so grateful for you all as our listening audience and your time and thoughtfulness that you dedicate towards listening to this. We know that time is a commodity and that you have to be very intentional where we place it. And so we are very grateful that you have chosen to do so with us and we want to serve that well. It is evident that you are listening and we are so grateful for that. We have seen the numbers and we're excited. We want to be very specific in our request that when you listen to the podcast, whether that is through iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the platforms that hold podcasts, that you be intentional about subscribing, liking, and sharing. So therein lies the key. We are so aware that you're taking your time to listen, but we need for you to subscribe, share, and like. And you can also go to miaembro.com and listen and leave comments. I'm so grateful for the comments of encouragement that you have left. We would like to ask that you leave comments that tell us what you need. So we know that you love us and we know that you appreciate us and we're so excited, but we want to know what you need and use the comment section to share that with us so that we can serve you well. I have a special guest with me today, uh, a dear friend of mine by the name of Carla Getz. Hello, Carla. Hello, Mia. How are you today? I'm good. I am so grateful and excited to have you sitting here with me on the porch today. Are you excited? Well, yes. I'm excited to be here. I'm a little nervous. So don't be nervous. (laughs) We're on the porch. Our shoes are off. We're sitting in chairs. You're turned towards me, not towards production. And so you should feel totally at ease. This is the same thing we've done a million times, right? Yes. Okay, so we're going to go right into it. Um, Carla, you talked a little bit about how we came together and how you came to be on the porch. You're a great friend of mine. We have spent the last couple of years, I want to say, in fellowship, lunch, dinner, breakfast, Saturdays during the week as much as we could time together. Uh, You've been such a joy in my life. What's your recount of our relationship? Well, I'll start with how we met was we were working at the same place. Um, You were in a counseling role at the school and I was just a part-time teacher's assistant. And I knew you were there, but our paths didn't cross a whole lot. Um, And the end of one year, I heard you talking to a teacher and just your advice that you were giving her Um, made me think, wow, I really want to get to know her. She's so wise and has a lot to offer. So I came to you at the end of the year and said, I want to sit in your office some next year and just spend some time with you, getting to know you. But then you retired and we um, didn't have that opportunity, but I still reached out and pursued you and wanted to spend time in other ways. I'm so glad that you did. 
there's so many people when you work in that kind of environment, you don't always get to sit and be with everyone that you want to. And I remember just being so taken with you because you are a mom of five and you were like this superhero that was getting up at 5 a.m. and doing these like boot camp things. I was like, who does that? But I admired that and it shows, I think it was symbolic of your strength and who you are as a person. So I'm so glad you're here today and we're gonna have a great time on the porch. Thanks. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna go right into it because you have a lot to say. I'm gonna remind the listening audience, this is difficult for me to do, but I'm gonna do it again. I'm going to remind the listening audience to please go to miaembro.com, leave a comment about what you would like to hear in the future, and then go to any other platform such as Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe, like, and share. We will be back in just a moment. More conversation on the way from What's On Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of What's On Your Souls. Carla. Yes, Mia. Here we sit on the porch. You have your shoes off. I do. Soles turned up. Yes. We're going to examine what is on the bottom, always seeking delight in the end, but we have to slough off all the other things. And so we, when we decided to have this podcast together and for you to come and sit on the porch, the two words that we finally arrived at were value and love. Can you talk a little bit about why that's where you rested your shoes Well, I think just as we share, like we'll get to this at some point, but just the long like journey that I went through, difficulty, um, but it just kept coming down to the basis is value and love. And throughout my life, I didn't feel very valued or important or loved, didn't feel like I mattered. And those were the stories that I've kind of lived my life with and the beliefs about myself. And that's impacted all my relationships. Very interesting. Uh, oftentimes we as people do not understand the truth of what you've just said, that you almost have to go to the back, not to get stuck or to dwell or to keep looking behind you, but to understand a little bit more about how you got to where you are now. Right. We then have decided that we will start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. Do you know that song? It's a very good place to start. Let's start at the beginning. It's a very good place I don't to think start. I do. Sound of music. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course I do. Yes. <laughs> We're going to start there. I want you to talk a little bit about, I heard you say, I didn't feel valued and loved. And maybe what that sounds like to me is, then therefore, you don't know it when you see it or how to ask for what you need or identify it. Can you talk about your family of origin? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in a family with a single mom. My parents were divorced when I was very young and my dad moved out of the state. So I didn't have a relationship with him and I have one twin brother. So it was just my brother and I, my mom for a lot of years. And, um, I have learned that just not having a father figure in the home was left a big void. And, um, but then I also had a mom who was raising twins by herself, baby twins, and she had to try to work and provide everything for us on her own. 
So I know she was in a hard place too, but there was just a lot of um, tension, um, unhappiness, and just striving to just maintain physical needs. That is a lot of pressure. I um, have a podcast that's going to fall in here somewhere where the guest talked about peace. That was the word of the day on the porch and described it as not striving and that constant climbing that sometimes bursts in us discontent and unhappiness. And it sounds like that. It's certainly there are times when you are a single parent and you are raising children and all of the basic things are coming in the way of you even entertaining what peace and solitude and joy would feel like. And so I empathize in that way with your mom that that was indeed a great challenge before her. Now you said there were things in the absence of your father that created certain things in you. What do you think that might have been? Well, I just think that... um very basic security of knowing from a daddy and from a mom that you are loved unconditionally that um that I didn't I don't feel like I felt I I missed out on that I didn't feel like I had that unconditional love even with my mom I felt like her love was based on how I performed how well I did chores or how my grades were and just didn't have that foundation that I'm loved no matter what it's a challenge when we have these conversations that we don't, it doesn't feel to those listening that we are blaming another person for who we are, but it's important when we tell our stories that we just acknowledge, this is what I felt. Whether or not it was the intent, this was the impact. Not saying that it was your mother's fault, but telling that story. I want to be mindful of that because often when we tell our stories and our truths, then people will get hung up on so you're blaming your mom. And that's not what's happening Not right at now. all. It's just the way things were. It was just the circumstances and the beliefs that I took from that. Then you get older. So you're not a baby. The twins aren't babies anymore. And you're getting older. Where does value and love feel as you grow and mature? I think I was trying to find that value from friends um, through, you know, adolescent years, um, college, from and from friends or maybe from things like materialism, um, but definitely still some relationships. I was take trying to get my value from other people, but I still felt less than. I never felt chosen or anyone's best friend. I always kind of felt left out with friends getting together and doing things. So I still had that void. You had that void, and were you telling yourself anything about yourself as the reason why people would not, why you didn't feel valued and loved by anyone? Did you have your own storyline going in? Probably just that I wasn't good enough. For some reason, I wasn't sure why, but for some reason, I wasn't good enough. They didn't want to be with me. Okay, so then we moved through college. Yep. And then where do we land? Well, I um, married my husband. I started dating my husband when when I was in college, and we got married um, right out of college. And I thought things were going to be great, like... I was chosen, I was a wife, and things were good. Mm. Because you were thinking, so it sounds as if all the while you were still dealing with this, I don't feel valued, I don't feel loved, so then comes this handsome man and you think, ah, here's the prince. This is about to fix everything. Right. And? Well, 
for a few years, things were really good. And we had a um, good marriage. We were in youth ministry. I was teaching kindergarten. We had lots of friends, family close by. So life felt pretty good. We had fun together. Um, and I would say about three years into our marriage, though, that started to change. And I started to feel like we were distant, that I wasn't a priority to him anymore. Um, and we had some things to figure out. Would you say that the majority of marriages experience that feeling or that season? Oh, for sure. They have to at some point. <laughs> they have, have to. to. <laughs> Why do they have to? Because you're two humans trying to do life together. And we all have flaws and we all have baggage from that we bring into the relationship. Two great people that are greatly flawed tracking in the house everything that's on the bottom of their <laughs> shoes so you walked in obviously with on the bottom of your souls I'm looking for love and I'm looking for value and I haven't had it so I've got a big order coming up do you think that your husband knew that that's what you were coming in with no for sure not because I didn't know it at that time okay so the honeymoon is over it starts feeling a little Gritty, souls start feeling a little slippery, gait is changing. And so what happens in your marriage? Well, at that point we did um, seek out counsel and we saw a therapist for a little while. Um, we worked with on some couples counseling and then I did a lot of work just on my own um, family of origin stuff. Just that's where I learned where those beliefs came from and some things that I may have lacked by not having um, two parents in the household. And how did you move forward with that? Um, we kind of we took some learnings. We kind of had a good direction on trying to figure out better communication, developing more intimacy in, in our marriage, and we just kept kept moving forward, lived life. Was it working? I think it did for a while, or we felt like it did. We started our family right after that and had five kids in nine years. So we just muddled through life raising kids, just trying to do the best we could. And I felt okay um, in connection with Kenton. Felt like it was normal. Until? Until this is when, like, the big stuff ha happened or the hard things started. Um, we'd been married about 12 years, and Kenton came to me one morning when I was in bed with all four little boys at that time, and he said, come here, I have something to tell you. And he confessed a pornography addiction he'd been struggling with for um, a few years. And he was going to go into work and let his bosses know. He was on staff at our church at that time, and he wasn't sure what was going to happen. Okay. And you, when he shared that with you, he was open with you, pulled you aside and said that, what did that start in you? Well, at first I minimized it because I was really good at that, not really thinking about an impact. So I minimized it and felt like all men struggle with this. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and just went on. Um, but I didn't stay there. I kind of went through all the realm of emotions, anger, like how could he do this? What's wrong with me? That's probably where I landed. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me feeling like I could have been, if I would have been a better wife, then he wouldn't have chosen that path. Um, and that, I'm sure that that just 
dug in that whole wound of valued and loved that you already came to the table with, right? Of course. So you struggle and you muddle through all of that, and you're trying to figure out, is this me? Is this him? What can be done about it? And what did the journey look like thereafter? So once he shares it with his staff and then he shared it with you, what are the next steps after that? Um, the, we went to a counselor for, a, for just the two of us, and it was more on a, like a behaviorist trying to help Kenton put um, boundaries in place for him to have a healthier way of dealing with his own stress. Um, but I felt really alone in that whole process because nobody was turning to me and saying, how are you doing with this? Or how is this impacting you? And I didn't know where to turn for my own, for myself. Okay. And today's focus is you. So you get to that point about, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is not getting any better. I don't feel like anyone's attending to me. Where, so what do you do for yourself? What knowledge do you finally rest in and come to? Because I'm assuming today that you're still married. I am. And you have how many children? We have five. And that you all are still working on everything. We are. So what did you acquire or come into the awareness of that has allowed you to stay? Well, um, after a little while, it didn't take too long, but a feeling like I was alone and not sure where to go, I did confide in a trusted friend. And I wasn't rejected or shamed because of difficulties in our marriage. Um, we just, I had a trusted person to talk to and I could, um, we prayed through it. We figured out how I could keep my part separate from his part. And, um, and then we, that started us on a long journey of counseling. Okay. This is great. This is brave and I appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more and then rest in what you now know for sure that you could give away to other people that are listening that would serve them as they walk through similar challenging moments in their relationships. So we'll be right back on the porch. While we're having great conversation with What's On Your Souls with Mia Imbro, we wanted to thank you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you at miaimbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right, let's get back to our final segment as we wrap up What's on Your Souls. Okay, we're back on the porch. Carla and I were sitting here thinking, and I know what everyone else is probably wanting to know. So the first thing is, Carla, why did you stay? Well, the main thing is we had five kids, and because I was a product of divorce, I didn't want that for my children. And I had made a commitment for better or for worse in our marriage and still had a tiny bit of hope that our marriage could be better. So I wasn't willing to give up yet. And it was certainly feeling like the worst though, right? It was. It was a 12-year journey of counseling, 12-step programs, marriage weekends, men's retreats, all kinds of things trying to fix this issue. Are you fi- Is it fixed? Are you fixed? Well... Kenton has been sober for a few years, so that was a big piece, and I thought our marriage would be great after that, but <laughs> we've had um, still a lot of work to do. Oh, through those 12 years, I had built up walls to just protect myself from being hurt again, 
And um, I have had to figure out how to start to let those walls down, learn how to trust Kenton again, um, open myself up to emotionally doing life with him and not staying separate. Because so. if you're going to stay, then you have to make an attempt to do it, to be all in. Yeah. But the dismantling of those walls, that is uh, more than a notion. I heard, I think the first step in dismantling was your acknowledging that you found someone that you could trust. Because what we do is we almost put ourselves in solitary confinement and then it's just us and our minds. And a mind can be a terrible thing. It can be a great thing, but it can tell you all these messages about yourself and your value. And you have no window in solitary confinement. And so you, you don't ever consider another perspective. Right. It was so very brave for you to trust another individual and for you to keep doing the work. It's important for everyone listening to know is it is not done. It is not finished. You have not hit the golden bill yet. Right, right. right. That miracle hasn't happened. We still have lots of work to do. It's hard to hear for people. And sometimes I believe people think if you stay out of a relationship or you stay single, you won't have to go through those things. But I think no matter when and where everyone, everyone has their turn in that. Now tell me about value and love now. What do you know for sure? Even though you're still in process, what do you know for certain about your value and being loved? Um, probably the biggest thing that I've had to realize is that my value and love can't come from another person. I um, I have a faith and I believe in Jesus as a Christian, and I've learned that my value has to come from who Jesus says I am, um, that I am chosen, that I'm a child of God, and that's where I have to rest. Although it's hard many days, I don't always live there, but I do know that that's the truth. You have to dispense it down into your heart. It's like those games that you see at the fair where you hit something and then it has to go through that little crazy maze to get down to the bottom and you hope that it hits the right slot that's going to allow it to come out and yeah. it can be yours. And that is what you're in the process of. Yeah, I do believe it. And I feel like I am loved and chosen and valued, but it doesn't always sink in depending on circumstances. So what is your thought or advice or gift to other people that are in similar situations and are struggling to find out what they should do or where they should go? Although every situation is different, what would be your thoughts for them? I would say um, stick it out, just try, and to look at yourself, not to look at just the big picture um, of your spouse's addiction, but to do some personal reflection and learnings and what, um, where you can find your own strength and learn learnings and healings personally. How to know yourself and take care of yourself during difficult times. Yeah. It's quite yeah. a difficult thing to do. Okay. Now here's a part that I enjoy. I'm trying to implement this with every guest that I have the honor of sitting on the porch with me because it allows the listeners to know more about who you are as an individual. So the name of this activity, Activity is I am from and I am going to prompt you and then you will start with I am from and then you will respond to the prompt okay, okay. you ready I'm ready so the first is I am from and you're going to name sights and smells and sounds from your neighborhood okay um I am from moms pushing a stroller kids laughing and playing in the yard 
and steak grilling. I am from, and then name your favorite foods. I am from Mexican food and birthday cake. I am from, and if you can recall family sayings or words that were frequently used in your home. I am from, this one's a little bit harder. I don't remember anything that was typically said. Probably the biggest message I got was just work hard. I am from hard work. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's all you have to lean into. Mm -hmm. Thus the omission of the value and the love. I am from a description of the virtues of people that you call friends in your life. I am from honesty, loyalty, and compassion. It's awesome. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Mia. I hope you've enjoyed your time on the porch. I have. Our next podcast is going to be exciting, and it will be almost a continuation of this or a response. It will be sitting on the porch with my friend Tyrone Johnson, and we're going to talk about vulnerability, which I think will be um, a perfect partnering to what you have just talked about today. So I want to ask all the listening uh, audience to call, to leave comments. Let us know where you want to go with this. Remember, you need to subscribe, to like. We know that you're listening, and we're so grateful. Go to miaembro.com. Leave that comment. Make it known that you're out there and what it is you want to hear. We are so grateful for you and your time and your thoughtfulness in turning towards us. We hope that we have somehow offered something that is relevant and life-giving towards you and your life and changing the legacy of your life. We hope you have a wonderful day and we hope that you find rest for your souls. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you and check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.